Hello and welcome to today's Renwick Centre podcast. My name is Trudy Smith and I'm the Manager of Continuing Professional Education. It gives me really great pleasure to talk to our uh, visitor today, Charlotte Cushman. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, Charlotte? Hi, Trudy. Uh, well, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, I've been in the field of special education uh, and education of students with visual impairments for almost 40 years, which makes me feel very old. Uh, and I've done lots of different things over the years. Uh, I've taught at a school for the blind. I've been a consultant to a deafblind project. I've trained teachers internationally. And right now I'm the manager of the Pads to Literacy and Active Learning Space websites, which are both joint projects between Perkins School for the Blind and Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Uh, to me, it's kind of a dream job. We're just putting together ideas in one place where people can find them. And I can absolutely recommend that website. It's phenomenal in terms of the amount of resources and, and the work that you've done on that. So congratulations on that. We're here today to talk a little bit about change and celebrating that change. And particularly because you're going to be one of the keynotes at the SPEVI conference in January. So what are the changes that we could celebrate in the field of education for students with vision impairments? Well, as you mentioned, with this Febby conference coming up uh, in January, I've been thinking a lot about this theme, and it's always nice to start with things we can celebrate, right? Um, I guess really three things come to mind for me. First, I think one thing that we really can celebrate is attitudes. When I think about people with visual impairments now, uh, they're much more readily accepted than in the past. And there's a more widespread belief now that individuals with visual impairments can be contributing members of society. And when you think about it historically, you know, people with visual impairments were seen as curiosities or were hidden away or, or sometimes the reverse kind of viewed as having some kind of magical powers. And you know, I th we definitely have a long way to go still until everybody's accepted, but I think we've come a long way in that respect. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention is inclusion. I think we've made a lot of changes there that we can celebrate. And if you think about most industrialized countries now, students with visual impairments go to the local schools along with their siblings. And schools for the blind really have an important role still with uh, particularly students with, let's say more complex needs uh, and training and other resources. But students with visual impairments aren't automatically separated and sent off to a special school uh, the way that they used to be. And I guess the third thing I'd like to mention is access and, and especially access through technology. That's a huge change to celebrate. And, you know, it just happens so quickly. All of the changes as we speak, I'm sure new things have been happening just since we've been talking today. <laughs> I'm absolutely but, sure uh, they have. <laughs> but if you think about, you know, built-in accessibility features like voiceover, uh, that's a wonderful thing. And really advances like screen readers, refreshable braille displays and embossers. I mean, those are so widely used that we really take them for granted for now. Uh, so many things to celebrate, really. Absolutely. So what's the role that vision professionals can have in facilitating that change? 
Well, that's a great question, Trudy. I think that, that vision professionals are really key and they're often the first ones to change attitudes by advocating for their students, you know, at home, in school, in the community, and really teaching the students themselves to be uh, advocates. Uh, also vision professionals can often demonstrate to families or to other teachers, other people, other people in the community, some of the skills that students have, uh, everything from maybe, let's say, making their own lunch to being able to travel independently. And TBIs and O&M instructors have such an important role in helping to show what students are capable of doing and really raising those expectations at home and in the community. A couple other things I think are um, vision professionals really help to provide access to ensure that students with visual impairments have equal opportunities. And that's, we were just talking about uh, how that's a change that we're celebrating. Yeah. And I think that that vision professionals are really key there. And I guess finally, um, TBIs and O&M specialists actually really help to support students to make changes in themselves uh, through, through instruction and the ongoing support so really very key to facilitating those changes. Absolutely. I'm sure there must be some challenges though with change for those vision professionals as well. Oh boy, that's true. And you know, there, there are changes uh, that we can welcome and maybe even seek out, but there are a lot of changes that ha just happen that nobody would have chosen and nobody wants. And you know, let's take the pandemic, for example. I mean, that's a, change, that's a change nobody anywhere on the planet wanted. And learning to teach remotely has been a huge challenge for, well, for the globe, but Absolutely. for vision professionals uh, specifically. And, you know, many people have risen to the occasion with such creativity. Uh, another huge challenge really is trying to keep up with tech. You know, we've talked about how, what a plus that is, but I think we have to really acknowledge that, you know, because things change so quickly, there's just often not enough information to be able to make quick decisions or to have the background that one wants to have. So for example, you know, you, you hear about maybe a new iOS version comes out and should you upgrade or will that interfere with something else you know sometimes you can mess up your own or your student's device by yes. by switching to a newer version and it can be really stressful uh, if you're asked to make recommendations on you say the best tablet or the best screen sharing app for for a student because there's so many factors and it, it's just really hard to keep up on the latest and about every device. Um, a few other things that come to mind, just keeping up with changes in the field in general is a challenge. Uh, you know, so for example, say there are new assessment tools that come along or protocols and you're not really familiar with them, but you were being asked to use them, you know, that can be, that can be tricky and stressful. Um, and research really shows that it can be a struggle for teachers to move from old to new practices. You know, maybe you've always taught a certain way and now you're being asked to do it differently. You know, that can be a challenge. 
Uh, you know, one example that I think about is the huge amount of information that we've learned recently about cortical visual impairment or CVI. And it can be so difficult to keep up with all the most recent information on assessment and best practices. So much happening with neurology and just we're learning so much more about the brain now. And I guess finally, you know, they're just the changes in our own districts or schools. Like maybe there's a new record keeping system or new forms to document things. And really any of those can be a challenge, uh, particularly when people have huge caseloads and, and are trying to juggle a lot. Absolutely. There's just, there is, as you say, the pandemic certainly brought a lot of changes for us. And for some of us in our work environments and professional lives in particular. So do you have any tips for people who want to make more changes in their environments? The great question. Well, I think really we have to start with being open to change. Uh, you know, resisting change can be stressful in itself. And it's like trying to swim upstream or, or getting rope burn from holding on too tightly. And really this means being flexible and, and also being willing to ask for help. You know, for example, we were just talking about what a challenge it can be to try to keep up with all the changes in technology. And that's a great place to ask for help. People are often really excited about sharing their favorite apps or telling you about a tool they've discovered that works well. So it's often really easy to get help with those kinds of things. Yeah, all, all good tips. And I think being open is really, really important. And as someone who has clearly stayed very open in her time in the field, Charlotte, you must have seen some extraordinary changes in this field over the course of your career. Yes, well, it makes me feel old, you know, to think about that. But but I keep coming back to technology. I mean, I think that that comes in throughout Trudy, really, it's it's one of the greatest things to celebrate. And it's one of the biggest challenges. And you know, really, when I think about just something as basic as the internet and the ability to look up a syndrome that you've never heard of, you know, that's that's yeah. a huge a huge plus. Um, and a lot of the time-saving devices that we have, like like Braille translation software, you know, just so many ways that technology has made a difference in how how we do our jobs now. I guess the other really big area is medical advances and big changes in what we know about vision. I mean, back in the day, this actually, I would like to just be clear, uh, predates me and my career <laughs> is, uh, you know, there's, so it used to be something called sight saving classes where people believed that there was a, a limited amount of vision. And if you spent too much of it, you wouldn't have any left later on. So you'd better just close your eyes and not use it all up. Oh and goodness. you know we've learned we've learned so much over the years that people with low vision might have visual fatigue but there's not a limited amount like a a bank that's going to be spent uh, and we just were talking about cortical visual impairment i mean that's that's a huge one i when i first started teaching i remember having a number of students on my caseload who were diagnosed with cortical blindness what was called cortical blindness and we were told, you know, blind, blindness, you know, this is not going to improve. These children see nothing. And boy, that has changed so much. And, you know, with what we've learned about the brain, 
and neuroplasticity, we know there's a lot we can do to support kids who have brain-based visual impairments. Uh, so it's, it's really encouraging and exciting to see some of these breakthroughs really make a difference for, for people today. Yeah, extraordinary changes. And, uh, you know, as you say, tech and medicine. If you had a crystal ball, what changes would you like to see in the field in the future? Well, I guess one area that's still a really big challenge is for people with visual impairment, especially is employment. Mm. And we, we don't always talk about what this means for educators. You know, our job is really to help prepare students for the future and for their adult lives. But if their prospects for employment are dim, we really need to be part of this conversation. And it, because it really would shape everything that we do now with, with the children before they become adults. Uh, I guess also I have to say that, you know, we started out talking about lots of things that we can celebrate, but I think I could take that exact same list and say that really we have a long way to go in each of those areas. And so if we look at how far we've come, say, with attitudes and inclusion, you know, anybody who has, who is blind or who has gone out to eat with somebody who's blind has had the experience where the server comes over and asks the dining companion uh, what they would like to eat rather than asking the person who's blind themselves. Now, you know, when that's still happening, we still have a long way to go. And again, with this accessibility, we've come a huge long way. It's a huge thing to celebrate. But at the same time, there's so much that's still not accessible. So many websites, so many digital learning platforms, different kinds of educational materials that aren't accessible. I think that really came to light during the pandemic. And, and as, as things went online immediately without any, you know, school ended on Friday and Monday, people were expected to be doing things online. And oh boy, guess what? You know, there we sort of learned in the hard way how much wasn't accessible. But I guess really my hope is that even though there's still a lot of work to do, I think if we continue to collaborate as we're doing across the world now, really across the globe, uh, and support each other, I think we'll see a lot more positive changes in the future. Absolutely, and I think that's a that's the thing. It, it, the global pandemic for all of its faults, I think it's really heightened collaboration between professionals in same settings and across the world. Absolutely, and and technology, I mean, just that, that you and I can be recording this, uh, it's actually a different day in the United States than it is <laughs> in Australia. You know, it's, it's a different season, everything, and still we can be talking in real time, so. I think there's a lot to celebrate and and support each other in. Absolutely. And we're so looking forward to your keynote at the SPEVI conference on the 18th and 19th of January next year, where again, you will be presenting to a country on a different day to, to the one that you're living in and you'll be rugged up and we'll be wearing our summer clothes. But <laughs> never doubt, and that's the beauty of the SPEVI conference is that acknowledgement that it doesn't matter where you are, you can join us because it's a fully online conference. But it's been such a pleasure having you with us today, Charlotte. Thank you so much for your time and we can't wait to hear from you in January. Well, thank you, Trudy. I'm really looking forward to it too.